0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Something to bring our attention to, I don't know if you noticed a different scent happening in the service these days. Um, Pastor Vic and Larissa have thought having some sort of a... Uh, what do you call that thing? A scent you know? And uh, anyway, I smelled it when I came in. You know, it smelled like uh, bamboo rainforest to me. And uh, Pastor Vic is so strong about fellowship that these are scattered throughout the, the place. And if you want a fellowship with somebody, just put one of those in first. Oh, what a great message we had uh, last Sunday. I thought the take uh Pastor Vic had on doubt and on Thomas turned Thomas in my eyes from being, you know, this doubting, you know, kind of a bad rap guy, into a hero and using our doubts absolutely, it's a part of our faith. It's a part of our journey that we deal with doubts. And it left me going out of here going, do I live with my doubts or do I live in denial? You know? And uh, I want to live with my doubts. And so I'm going to take some of them this morning from this last song we sang. It said... uh, I trust in God, my savior, the one who never fails, except that one time where I I look at it as he failed me. Doesn't mean he failed, but I look at it that what I wanted, what I felt my needs were failed. And then in the end, in the bridge, we sing over and over and over. And I don't know if it's just the mood I'm in this morning or what says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he gave me an answer I didn't like. That's how I was singing it. I sought the Lord. I know he heard me, and he gave me an answer I didn't like. So anyway, just a few thoughts. I'm done. Um, this morning, I want to take and... A chapter from last week's um, message on doubt and on just it was so full I can't say it all but that's what really spoke to me and um, and I want to take from there to receive in your doubt you can still receive and uh, in John chapter 20 We'll go there, one of the last scriptures that uh, Vic used, chapter 20, verse 19, Jesus appears to his disciples, one of the scriptures that was used last Sunday. Uh, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And I thought Vic brought out an excellent point. The disciples are criticizing Thomas for his doubt, yet they're behind locked doors in fear. And uh, they're behind locked doors because they are afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive. In the midst of their doubt, They were turned to joy, but he also then said, now receive, receive, breathe on him. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven, and if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I'm not going to go into any theological detail there. That's a whole can of worms. Let's go over to book of Acts chapter 19 verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Again, we've got believers. He says to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" And he asked them No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, there were about 12 men in all. Did you receive? I want us to think today of how much, how receptive we are. You know, just how receptive am I? Am I receptive enough that after Pastor Vic's statement today, to invite that person, that coworker, that friend that you're having difficulties with out to lunch. Am I receptive enough that if you come to me and invite me to lunch afterwards, I'm not going to take that wrong? You're inviting me because you have an issue with me. I'm sure I'll get 10 or 12 invites. If I have the, if I have the right receptive going and I'm receiving the Holy Spirit... I will not take offense, because I cannot afford that luxury. I want to say something about the Holy Spirit baptism here for a, a moment. Um, that can conjure up all kinds of ideas. You know, we have the charismatic movement, and we have a lot of different things. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a room full of people clucking like chickens and roaring like, and barking, and And, you know, I didn't judge that, but it's not for me. Now, what did happen to me one time is we were at a conference, and I'm sitting there in this room full of hundreds of people, and I heard a freight train. And I mean, that thing came roaring through, and I thought, what? I couldn't hear the speaker. I couldn't hear anything except just this... Freight train rumbling through. And I looked at Nancy and our friends that were with us, and I said, this is an odd place to have your church next to a train track. I can't hear a thing because of this train. They looked at me and they said, there's no train. There's no train. But something happened in that moment for me that opened me up, and I received... Just this new presence of the Lord going, well, that was a unique experience. And we have unique experiences because the Holy Spirit wants you to have an experience with the Father. Holy Spirit and baptism, Holy Spirit, baptism, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not a denominational thing. Okay, this segment of the church, they do this. This segment of the church doesn't and then ever the two shall meet." It's not a denominational thing. It's a God thing, and it's for those who are receptive. I'm going to make a statement here. Stay away from teachers that say that the gifts are dispensational. They were for then. They're not for today. If you really get into those, and and I have, and listen to them carefully, even though they're making a profound statement that the gifts were dispensational, they're selective, that some gifts are still okay. And I'm just saying, don't waste your time there. You have the Holy Spirit as a teacher. Be careful about getting caught off into teachings that wants to... Detract from you being receptive to him uh, Matthew chapter 10 verse one talks about another purpose of receiving is Jesus gave authority to his disciples the Holy Spirit gives you authority to do things, And here's what the authority that Jesus gave his disciples did in Matthew 10:1. It says, he gave them authority to cast out every evil, to deal with the demonic and to cast out evil. And you know that applies to your own life as well. We have things we confront in our own lives all the time. And if we are receptive to the Holy Spirit, we also are very able, enabled to confront those things in our lives. In Mark chapter 6, verse 7 through 13, again we see the story of authority given to believers to cast out and to deal with the wicked one. Now the Bible's clear, it says in these last days um, evil will prevail, evil will exist, evil will be prevalent. Um, the last days will be evil days. Well, we are not to be locked in a room behind doors, afraid of the evil. We have been given authority to bring about a freedom to those individuals, to that neighborhood, to that region. Now, with the time allowed, I have not preached in a while. I have like three hours of message. But I'm also hungry, so I'm going to summarize it. (laughs) I think one of the most important pieces given to you by the Holy Spirit of power is the power to have unity. Unity is an exceptional thing. We live in a very divided time. Divisiveness is everywhere. It's prevalent. Well, we can't like you because of this. We can't like you because of that. Unity is different than conformity, all right? We're going to get into that. Uh, I say unity, not necessarily conformity. Jesus and the Father were in perfect unity. Jesus said, I and the Father are one, and yet their representation often was very different. Their representation of the kingdom was quite often in contrast to what you think saw previously, or to what you thought previously, and to what is presented in Jesus. And yet, the unity did not fail. The unity did not break down. The unity did not have a little bit of schism to it. Perfect unity. In Matthew 9, verse 14, uh, John the Baptist's disciples came and said to Jesus, They asked him, are you the one? And another time they asked him, your disciples don't fast like like we do and the Pharisees do. Now, this is John the Baptist's followers. They're not Pharisees any longer. Like the Pharisees and we, John's followers, disciples, fast. Your disciples don't fast and they don't wash their hands like they should. They don't do ceremonial washing. You know, there's a certain ceremony to this washing to make yourself seen, I'm clean. So there was a distinct difference in the representation of the one aspect of God, another aspect of God, and yet perfect unity. So, what I'm saying is, in this room alone, there is such diversity, but with the Holy Spirit having the common bond of the Spirit, there is perfect unity. We're not asking for conformity, we're asking for Holy Spirit receptiveness that brings about the power to have unity. When unity of the faith is active in the person, you know the Holy Spirit is present. Now, Jesus said to the disciples of John, he said, now, go back and tell John this, because John was concerned. He'd heard about Jesus hanging out with sinners. John didn't do that. John was a very strict and disciplined in the sense of his view. And Jesus hung out with a whole different group than what John could could grasp. And uh, Jesus said, Go back and tell John this. Blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are given the gospel. You see, the Holy Spirit is about fruit. Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. You got good fruit in your life? You got bad fruit in your life? I've got both. I do. You know, on any given night, I can manifest some really rotten fruit. Just ask my wife. And she'll say, man, why did we have such an argument? And I'll be like... I didn't view it as an argument. I just had an opinion. But looking at the fruit helps to recognize uh, the uh, followers of Jesus. When even when people come from unfamiliar theological backgrounds to you, they're unfamiliar backgrounds to you. You can still have unity of the faith if you want that, if you're looking for that, if you receive that, if you're walking in reception of the Holy Spirit in your life, to that. Um, Like the people in Jesus' days, we're tempted to use the wrong standards for discerning what Jesus is doing in the world around us. My standard is this but I see this, so this is wrong. And I'm not talking about sin. Okay, I'm talking about just the way a person is led to, to pursue their direction in God. Their journey with Jesus Christ. Their faith journey. God is unity, but works in variety. So think about that. You are different than the person sitting next to you. God made you that way. He didn't want you to be like that person sitting next to you. You know, there's a, a thing that you see, uh, I don't know if you see it so much today, but it used to be dog owners look like their dogs. I don't think I look like a golden retriever at all. But sometimes I think I'm only as smart as my golden retriever is like. I got nothing. Okay, God is unity, but he works in variety. Take that home with you. Put that in there. Be receptive this morning. God is unity, but he works with variety. Never allow anything that divides or destroys the oneness of your life without facing it. Why do I feel this way about this person? Why do I suddenly... You know, one of the greatest things in the area of unity—I've got two minutes. One of the greatest things about uh, the areas of unity in the church body, in a family, it's—it's it's easy to have unity with somebody you have no contact with. Yeah, yeah, I love that guy, man. We get along. Well, when was the last time you saw him? You know, I don't know. Can't remember, but man, are we good friends. But in my own house, I'm like, that Pastor Vic, you know, he kind of did something that rankled me. I'm not going there. Now, that can be right there present with me any given minute, but I'm not going to take that path. You know, just not going to do it. Why? Because I'm not going to break without facing why that is in my life right there. Probably has nothing to do with you. Probably has everything to do with me at that moment. Am I making sense here? Is the Holy Spirit present in your life today? Just right now, I just want you to just receive freshness of the Holy Spirit and allow that to take you in a different depth of unity of the Spirit of God. Unity above all is so vital in these days. You look everywhere. It's full of divisiveness. Why is that? The devil came to divide He came to destroy, he came to steal, and he came to kill. The opposite of that is unity based in love, unity based in receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.